Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, five stars, of course, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host. And in today's episode, I have someone that uh, we commonly call Wonder Woman, uh, Superwoman. She's got many names. Um, her average name that I guess some people call her is Tanya Jenka. Uh, so welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Uh, we know that you're a, a super awesome person. Um, we've seen some episodes. You're, you've been a guest on many podcasts. But um, if you don't mind, just kind of give the, the listening audience just sort, sort of that truncated background on yourself. Like, what is it that you actually do now? Where'd you come from? That sort of stuff. Ken, that is the best introduction ever. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I was a software developer for a long time who learned about security and became an ethical hacker and then an application security engineer and unfortunately incident responder. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, I started doing public speaking and it turns out that habit got totally out of control. <laughs> I started speaking all over the place uh, and then Microsoft adopted me for two years and um, I started speaking on behalf of them but recently um, I branched out because I wanted to find a way where I could make a really positive difference in our industry and I started my own company. We are called Security Sidekick and basically we find all the applications that are living on your network and in your cloud, all of your software, like your SaaS, your APIs, et cetera. And then we do a passive scan and inventory them and tell you like, this is what you have and this is what we see wrong. How can we help? Um, and so, yeah, that's, it's really scary slash exciting to start your own business, <laughs> but luckily I have a partner in crime and so it's, it's half as scary. <laughs> cool. So what was, what was sort of the, the real leap where you just kind of, were you like, okay, you know what? I, I can do this better than what I see out there. Or was it more like I've always wanted to start my own business? Was it kind of a combination of things? Like what, what made always, you make that leap to entrepreneurship? I've always been starting my own businesses. I've actually started several businesses. I'm that person where I'm constantly scheming. <laughs> I can fix this problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my friend, uh, Aaron Natu and co-founder, um, he was doing research and development, trying to figure out a product that he could do. And, you know, he, we're friends, so he kept showing me all the stuff. I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? Like, what problems are we really trying to solve? And so my problem suggestions were, I need to know where all my darn apps are. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever done incident response for an app that you didn't know, and you're trying to explain why your data is for sale on the dark web, but you don't even have a link to the app because no one knows that you owned it. And you're just like, oh, my name is Mud. My name's worse than Mud. Um, <laughs> um, and so I was like, I really want to find a way that we could find all of the apps. And then I also want to find a way that we could make a security tool that doesn't annoy the living crap out of all the developers on the team, because. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, after, um, so I, uh, I'm one of the people that started the OWASP DevSlop, Sloppy DevOps project, and um, we created this, well, I guess I did. I created this giant, massive pipeline with all these different security tools, and I found a lot of them would, there's a lot of episodes we didn't 
release where the you know we'd spent hours and hours and hours and we just couldn't get the tool to work in the pipeline or it would run 16 hours and clearly that's not acceptable or we would just get to run this tiny tiny fraction of the tool and so you're not really like i guess you're gonna find some things wrong but we found it you know there are cool things you can do in a pipeline but there's a lot of security activities that just shouldn't be in a pipeline and um so i was I wanted to make something that was fast and not in the pipeline. So we are not in the pipeline. Like we live on your network and we can see traffic and we point out the webby things and then do, yeah. And then do non, we don't break anything so far. We have not broken anything and it's so great. <laughs> good, good. It, yeah. I think a lot of um, traditional companies are really uh, being shaken up by DevOps and um but i like it <laughs> i think it's great i think fast feedback and efficiency of the entire system and all of this stuff like it just makes me drool it's so great as a software developer like being told okay so we're gonna do a code freeze for three weeks while we do a code review and then the manager left and then i was the team lead and everyone's like we're not gonna do that are we i'm like no just ignore them <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we won't keep coding. We'll just push all of our code the day after, <laughs> which is obviously not good. <laughs> so I'm really excited how IT is like modernizing and um, and security is getting dragged along for the ride. It's so good. So like kind of backing up for a second, how'd you get into software development? Were you always like playing with computers as a kid or did you just kind of like, well, I need a job. Let me figure out something or <laughs> like, what, like what was, you know, because I speak to with a lot of people in the industry and, and everyone sort of got that different route. There's really doesn't seem to be any traditional path when they go down the DevSecOps or the secure coding or DevOps or whatever, you know, uh, wonderful marketing term they want to call it now uh, yeah. to, to sell you something but but what was sort of like your what got your interest stimulated in the coding side of things or programming side of things because i know there's developers out there that'll scream at me if i just call it coding so i'll call it programming too um <laughs> what sort of got you interested in that almost all of my aunts and uncles are software developers okay so they would show me things but then i i took a class in high school and i'm really lucky i had a teacher called Mr. Ferguson, and he was so nerdific. Like he loved coding. <laughs> he loved he loved software so much. Like clearly, he was made to teach this course. And he's like, "You can create an app that does whatever you want." And I play guitar, so I made a how to play guitar app, and we got it to so it could tune your guitar and it could teach you different chords. And when you learn new chords, you could put them in, and it would show you where to put your fingers, and um, and then they're saying how they're having trouble um, get, doing tests on different students. So mm -hmm. I wrote a, a program that would automatically give different numbers for all these math tests to every student. So no one could copy because everyone actually is taking a different test. Oh, you're, you're, okay, you're that person that prevented me from copying. <laughs> okay, now I know, now I know. <laughs> and yet, I remember my friend and I, we made it so the computer would beep. It took us a long time to figure out how to make the computer beep if you failed so everyone would know. So you could be encouraged. <laughs> and I remember my teacher sitting me aside and being like, okay, so I know that you're trying to encourage students, but I don't think humiliating them in front of their peers is the way to do it. And I was like, I don't know, Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. And then um, 
And then I got accepted to every program that I applied to because I was, I was very good at school. And um, I was like looking around all the programs I got accepted to. I got accepted to dramatic arts. Um, but basically I found out I just wasn't pretty enough to be an actress, if that makes sense. Like okay. you really needed to, um, it, it, it appeared that your looks were a lot more important than your skill. I found that out after auditioning a lot of times. Right, right. And I also thought about it and I'm like, I don't think I want to hang out with the people that are in my class for four years. And I don't think there's <laughs> going to be a job after I got accepted for history and English. I'm like, everyone already knows English in this country. Um, <laughs> and I, I looked at all the things and I was like, well, I really, I really love computer science and I'm told there's jobs in it. And it's awesome because my class is all boys and I love boys. <laughs> <laughs> the 17 year old Tanya was like, I'm in. <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My class was mostly young, young men and boys. And I was like, this is the best. <laughs> a, dream, a dream can come true. For uh, me, not for yeah. them. <laughs> I think they would have preferred more women in the class. <laughs> but for me, I was like, this is great. My odds are awesome. <laughs> so for, uh, <laughs> That's great. Um, so for someone, you know, because obviously technology's changed o over the years and without you and I dating ourselves, because we're both just 21 and holding, um, mm -hmm. without dating ourselves, how would you tell someone like right now, like if I was, if I was someone in high school or something and I'm like, oh, this sounds like a fun career path, how do I get started? Like, are there certain resources you would point me to, certain courses? Would you point me towards college or certifications or just kind of online training? Like what what would you suggest someone starting out would sort of go towards? Do they want to do AppSec? Do they want to do security in general, InfoSec? Or do they want to learn how to program software? So let's say that they want to learn just software programming. There are a lot of good computer science programs. Like computer science has changed drastically from when I took it, which obviously was so recent. It was 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> I remember they made us take like physics classes and English classes and all mm -hmm. sorts of, they made us take a business class that had nothing to do with startups. It was about how to buy stocks. I have to say <laughs> the opportunity to have taken a business, like a how to start your own company startups mm -hmm. course, I just can't even imagine where I would be now. But now they teach that in computer science at a lot of schools. So computer science is really, really developed, but they don't really cover security worth a damn. In, even the cybersecurity programs are usually, they just scratch the surface. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to get into security, uh, unfortunately it's like a lot of self learning and um, finding professional mentors really helps and being self-motivated. I think that there are still a lot of people in our industry that demand a degree or a diploma to get places. I only have a college diploma. A lot of people are very surprised about that, especially since my, my luggage say Dr. Tanya Jenka. <laughs> hey, they it, means, wanted, it means they're not going to lose it if it says doctor on it so it, the, the, the aeroplane people they only had mr mrs or miss and i was like my marital status and gender are none of your business so the only non-gendered option was doctor so i'm like i'm in <laughs> Like, if I don't legally have to give them the right information, they also get my internet birthday, which is April Fool's Day. But anyway, <laughs> I think, I don't think that a lot of places require 
a really extensive formalized education at this point, but it really does help, especially if you're starting. Like if you can find a job and get job experience, you know, you can go really far with that. However, having a degree or diploma definitely, especially depending upon the age of the person hiring you, I find the younger people are often less concerned with that. But in my career, I've many times gone to apply for a job and they said a degree and a diploma wasn't adequate. Mm. And I'm very cocky, so I would write <laughs> them. And I'd say, hi, I only have a diploma, not a degree, but I'm awesome. Are you sure you want to miss out on me applying for this job because of this gatekeeping that you want to do? My four years of computer science in college, including a year of that was a co-op term. I'm like, I can definitely program circles around many of your staff, I assure you. And then half of them changed it and opened it up so I could apply. And the other half were like, no, we really need a degree. I'm like, good luck to you. <laughs> because once I had that first couple of years of experience, I just never had trouble finding a job again. If you have a bunch of yeah. good references that say, you know, this person works really, really hard and gets lots of stuff done and gets along well with others. People are like, oh, when, when can you start here? <laughs> um, yeah, getting, getting along well with others, getting lots and lots and lots of work done, it's way, I think it's, it's more valuable than any certification. However, there are a lot of places in cybersecurity that ask for certifications because sadly they don't know what questions to ask in order to verify that you actually know any of the things that you say you know um when i've quit jobs in the past i've written out questions like interview questions and answers like here are 10 questions ask all of these questions if they don't get at least seven don't hire them they have no idea what they're talking about and i had to spend hours explaining what the answers were so they could understand what the answers were now, did any of them actually use what you had uh, created for them? Did you get oh, any yeah. feedback ever? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're like, well, none of the consultants passed. And like, oh, who did you interview? <laughs> oh, yeah, they wouldn't pass. Like, they don't, like, there's a lot of, um, uh, so I'm from Ottawa. I lived in Ottawa a long time, but now I live on the beautiful island of Vancouver Island, which is amazing. Okay. Um, but I did most of my software career in Ottawa and there are some consultants in Ottawa that are just blow my mind. They're so amazing. They're so accomplished. They just know everything inside and out. And then there are some where they write whatever they want on their resume. Like it's a creative writing exercise <laughs> and you know, they'll say, well, I have 10 years of experience in this and that. And really like they have amazing network and security experience in regards to networking. Right. And they can scan anything with Nessus, anything. <laughs> but then they would apply for AppSec jobs. I'm like, no, it's not the same. And they would say things like, well, I know how to run AppScan. And I'm like, yes, so do monkeys. AppScan is an amazing tool that is made on purpose so that it's easy to use. But you don't know what any of the results mean. You don't know how to validate the results. That's why, and, and to you know, they'd copy and paste things and then send it to their clients and their clients are like, well, what's blind SQL injection? How do, how do you know I have that? And they'd be like, could you fill in here, Tanya? No, <laughs> you won that contract, not me. Cause my resume is not a creative writing exercise. Like good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't want to leave a place and have 
you know, I had like, I worked with really, really, really smart people. They weren't stupid at all. It's that they didn't have that specific expertise. And like when I first started in security, I found a consultant that I really trusted and his name was Yun. And he's amazing. So everyone should hire Yun Lu if you're in Ottawa. <laughs> and what he did was, so I had to interview a bunch of people to do a code review, but I'd never done one before and I didn't know what tools they should use, et cetera. And so he, prepped me for the interviews for quite a while uh, and told me about what products were on the market and how code reviews work, et cetera. And so when I went in, one of the, one of the people lied to me and I knew it. And so like 10, 12 minutes in, I'm like, I'd like to thank you for your time. And he's like, what? I'm like, we don't need to do the rest of the interview. I'm good. I know what I need to know. Thank you. And he was just like, what? And the other people were like, why'd you do that? I'm like, because he just lied like a big, I asked for elaboration and he just told a great big lie. And so we don't need him on our team and we're going to hire the first consultant who was awesome and who also comes highly recommended. So there, good time spent. Right. But I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for, you know, this other consultant who had worked for our company for a really long time, who it felt he's, he's like, so I don't, do code reviews. So otherwise I would say hire me, but he's like, here's some things and here's people I recommend. And a lot of people have a secret list of who they don't recommend. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of money to be made in consulting. And if you are hiring someone and you don't, you don't know what to expect from them, right? Like, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of things that I really didn't agree with when I was doing, I still do consulting. And sometimes like my advice, even though it shoots me in the foot is I should not be the next pen tester who comes back here. I need you to hire another person so you can have another point of view, right? Right. Like there may be things that I've missed. So I'll give you a list of people that I think are awesome that I recommend. And there are always like, can you give us the list of who not to hire? I'm like, you can call me and ask, how about that? Not ever going <laughs> to put in writing. Right. But there's a, a long list of really excellent humans. <coughs> um, but they're not so much money involved. Like you can charge a thousand dollars a day or more for a pen test. Mm -hmm. And if you work from home and don't actually work, you can charge thousands of dollars per day. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so with, um, with security sidekick, are you, you guys have the, the solution? Is it already out there? Or is it still um, an alpha or beta testing? We are currently in, uh, I believe we're calling it alpha. Okay. Basically we're doing, um, or we're trying to, we only came out of stealth mode less than three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we're trying to find customers that want to take part of an early access program with us. So there's a discounted rate and we plan to give white glove support. Uh, we'll come in person and install it with you and show you how to use it. Um, and then we want in exchange, we want feedback, regular feedback about like, Oh, I love this. I hate that. What if it did this? Um, and our intention is over the six months to just try to delight each one of our customers. And then once we are sure everyone is delighted, um, they get to have, you know, the fully updated program for the rest of the year and then sell it, with general availability, which is really exciting. So right now we can roll it out 
um, Aaron's been working on this for around nine months. So it's, okay. it's pretty exciting. Um, and I did not touch it at all until my contracts finished with Microsoft. Um, I was very careful to obey all my rules. So in case anyone's listening, Sila, I, I was well behaved. Um, but it's very, it's very, very exciting. And people are like calling and rating us a lot and asking a lot of questions. And it's really exciting to hear, you know, things that people do want and what they don't want. Like for instance, our product does not call out to the cloud, but we would give a nice discount if people would allow us to gather anonymized metrics, right? Because I, mm. oh, I would just love to be able to say like, yes, they thought they had 17 apps, but they have 36, right? Right. Um, that's how many we found. And, you know, like also stats on what problems come off up the most often, like what does our tool find the most? Because we're planning, so a thing that a lot of people may not be aware of, but if you hire an app set company and you buy their product, you actually have to pay extra if you want them to teach you how to fix it. Uh, so they have like education programs that cost more. So what we're planning to do, um, because I'm me, uh, is we're going to make like formal lessons for our customers of how to fix every single type of bug that exists, but then we're just gonna give it away free on the internet so that we can try to move our industry forward because you don't actually make that much extra money on that part. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, so we are making this tool because we want to be able to surf the internet and be safe and we want to improve things for everyone, right? So another way that we could improve things and hopefully you know, people might use our training and then learn about us and then maybe they'll think, oh, well, you know, they clearly know what they're doing. Maybe I'll consider their product. So it's sort of marketing and it's sort of just, I just really want the internet to be more secure. <laughs> I want our industry to move forward. And I feel right now, like when we were talking about people trying to learn and get into InfoSec, I had to work so hard to learn all the things that I learned. I had all these different mentors who were just like spectacular, giving me their time and guidance and telling me which things to read and what not to bother. And luckily, you know, I'm a talented speaker, and so I am so blessed to be invited or accepted to speak at various conferences, and I go so I can learn for free. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, people are like, oh, I want to talk in the hallway. I'm like, yes, after this talk, because I need to know what's in this person's brain, because they're amazing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and literally, when I found out, like, you get in free if you're speaking, I'm like, I need to work on making the best talks ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing. And then, you know, like, you get to ask questions to the person that you know, created whatever thing. I feel like it's, yeah. InfoSec is so small that like then you can become that person's friend if you're lucky enough, right? Like it's just, it's, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's absolutely true. Um, in fact, that's one of the best ways to build those relationships to actually see the person in person, learn from them and then say, hey, yeah, I'm trying to learn this. I know these things. Most of the time people are going to know you, especially someone like yourself who's been in, in the industry for, um, again, we're both just 21, but uh, been in the industry for a little while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been 20, over 22 oh. years now. <laughs> the moment I was legal, I got, <laughs> my, I got a job at a, a software company and I was so excited. And um, it, I didn't learn that much, but my second job was much more exciting where I 
joined a startup instead of a giant enterprise. I got to wear every cool. single hat. Oh, yes, yes. Inc. Like company hire number two, like the second person. It was amazing. <laughs> my boss was awesome. And yeah, he... Yeah, he was in my life for years and years and years after. It was so great. Like, I, he was my first professional mentor when I didn't even know what mentors were. <laughs> cool. Yeah, he had very, very good advice that I couldn't see other people now. Um, people are very much more sensitive now about a lot of things. And uh, I've always been somewhat insensitive about a lot of things. Um, and so, like, a lot of things don't insult me. So, my first day he's like I want you to go home and get a Walkman because that's how long ago it was. <laughs> and I want you to bring a lot of music and I want you to listen to music while you work so you can concentrate better and he's like I don't think you're concentrating enough which I could see a lot of people getting upset about but I live by that rule now and it made me so productive it was out of this world and he would just and he would never tell me he would tell me I was doing a good job but he would never fawn over me. And I remember my third day at like 1.30 PM, I'm like, okay. And he's like, what? Okay. So he told his son this story and his son told me the story like five or 10 years later. He's like, so here's this little skinny scrawny, like 21 year old. And she says, okay, in the middle of the day. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm done. And he's like, done what? I'm like, the project. <laughs> and he came over and he looked and he found two little things wrong. So I fixed them and then I showed him again. And he's like, you know what, Tanya, it's 3 p.m. And I thought that this would take you all the way until 5 p.m. I am impressed with you. So I'm going to let you go home two hours early and I'm going to pay you for those two hours as a reward for finishing early. And I was elated I was so <laughs> excited I like danced all the way home I was like I did a good job but at dinner that night apparently he had a panic attack because that was supposed to be a four-month project and he had no effing clue what to do with me for the rest of the summer he hired me <laughs> and he was like I just don't I can't I can't tell a client that's done I don't even what the how did I, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah. And I was like, oh, I just always felt like I was just barely meeting his expectations. Like I was doing a good job, but I had no idea that he was like totally floored by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. It was really good. <laughs> so do you, are you speaking at any conferences for the rest of this year or like early next year that people can track you down at? Hopefully not stalking you, but just track you down at to talk to you. <laughs> Friendly tracking. Yes, yes, friendly tracking. <laughs> <laughs> I am speaking at OWASP AppSec Day in Melbourne, Australia, and we're having a diversity event two days before. I'm super excited. I have never been to Melbourne before. I've been to Sydney, and I, oh my God, I love this so much. I was like, do I have to go home? <laughs> and then, you know, the authorities were like, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. And so when they invited me back, I was like, yes, I mean, I'll think about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to be speaking in Victoria. Okay. Um, where I live uh, for ISSA in December. And I'm going to be speaking at, we have a security and privacy conference at the beginning of February. And I will be speaking there 
and doing a panel. And I don't generally talk on privacy, so I have to do some tweaking of some of my material. I'm pretty excited. I was invited to this conference last year, but I couldn't make it. And so I finally get to go and then meet. I don't know, when you move to a new city, it's like a conference in your own city is amazing because you get to meet all the awesome humans <laughs> right away. Like when I first arrived, there was the B-Sides conference and it was just, I have made so many friends because of that conference. And so I'm looking forward to making all the friends. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, and I just booked for Kitchener-Waterloo, which is the city uh, where I was born, um, for next October. So I'm pretty excited because my parents are gonna come. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's going to be pretty cool too. But yeah, basically a lot of stuff in Canada, um, and one trip to to Australia. So now that I've started the startup company, I'm still going to be doing speaking. But because we are broke, we have a new <laughs> rule that is I will only go if um, my expenses are paid, like just the you know like the right. airfare and all of that, because that is the part that. Uh, makes it unaffordable for a lot of people to do so um, it's good and bad it's it's good because then less conferences are inviting me and then I have more time to work on the company but that same reason is bad <laughs> right, right, yeah. catch 22 no I think yeah. it's important for me to have a bit more home time like I found Microsoft to be the most too exciting professional years of my life um, but also, it turns out that if you're at home sometimes, you can do things like play your guitar or like paint a closet like I'm doing today or, you know, all those other things that are part of life. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't travel 100%. Maybe I should just, <laughs> I don't know, be wild and do like 25% or something and like try to just do a more online stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be a change. We'll see how well I adjust to it. <laughs> Nice. It's good to get that uh, sort of debrief yourself a little bit and, and just kind of relax and do those simple things in life. Yeah. Very, very important. Yeah. And our company, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work, but in the most exciting possible way. Absolutely. So is there any other advice you, you would offer someone, um, whether they're trying to get into InfoSec programming or they're trying to go straight into AppSec or something, any advice for a listener out there of, like that, yes. that, you know, that wonderful life advice that, that will change the trajectory <laughs> of their life. <laughs> I started a thing called Mentoring Monday, and now a whole bunch of people are on board. So if you go on Twitter, there's this hashtag, every Monday, Mentoring Monday. And if you use it, you can call out for help to find a professional mentor. Nice. I, I, I have a video about it and a blog post about it, and I post every Monday about it. But the key things are, Okay, so make a Twitter account. Make sure your direct message settings are open. Um, and when you tweet out, you know, you can tag me and I will retweet you. If you're a woman, you can tag me and or Wosec tweets and they will retweet you. That's um, a women's group that I'm part of. And basically introduce yourself, make a good impression. So don't say, yeah, I want a mentor too and stuff. That spells don't pick me. <laughs> what you want to do is say, I'm really, really excited about the programming language Go. I'm so excited about it. What book should I read? What you know, talk should I watch? 
can someone point me in the right direction? Is someone willing to have a virtual coffee with me? So like make an appointment and do, you know, like a Zoom chat or something. Mm -hmm. Is someone willing in my city and we can meet in person? And I can't tell you how amazing it has been to see the information security community come out of nowhere and help people. Like I, so I can't respond to all of them. And I was kind of stressed because people kept messaging me and asking me to be their mentor. And I'm like, I can't mentor all of you, but I still really want to help all of you. So what can I do? How can I scale myself? So it turns out the information security community is like, oh, we're in, tag us in. <laughs> yeah. And so they've been writing these people and telling them, you know, I suggest this book or like here, let me send you some links to things that can help you. And, and people have started like long-term mentoring relationships and friendships. And it, I can't tell you how touching it is when I see people that like, they finally find that person. Like um, I have a new friend here on the Island who's really into um, the privacy and security of medical devices and specifically things that are implanted in your body, like IOT that's in your body, like pacemakers, mm -hmm. et cetera. And she's like, Oh, well, no one is in this weird field. I'm like, yes, there are. I'm going to find <laughs> so many people for you. And just the onslaught of so many people wanting to help her and talk to her it has just been so beautiful. And she tells me about it and it, I know that like every person doesn't tell me, right? But um, I went to a conference in Seattle last month and someone came up to me and he's like, I need to shake your hand and thank you. I participated in Mentoring Monday. I helped, you know, this young lady and she ended up being so awesome. I just, it just hired her and she's so great. And I just don't know what I even did before she worked for me. And it wouldn't have happened without you. And I need to just shake your hand and say thanks. And I was just like, this is so magical. <laughs> so I suggest participating in Mentoring Monday. There's other areas of IT now that are starting to pick up on it. And it turns out there's so many people that want to help and want to teach. And a lot of people told me, oh, I didn't think I knew enough to be a mentor. But if you've had your job, for two or more years or worked in your industry for two or more years, that means you know enough to mentor someone that's junior that hopes to get into your industry, right? Just like sharing the simplest things or answering a question when they're stuck, it means the world to just know that someone's in your corner. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm overwhelmed with the generosity <laughs> and kindness of our community. And it's, it's just been strangely like a lovely experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, absolutely. I think that's yeah, that, for sure. It's, yeah, it's just like one big family. Um, always, always willing to help new people that are trying to get into the industry or trying to learn more to develop themselves. Yeah, it's, um, I cannot tell you how wonderful the information security community has been for me, like the B-Sides community, the OWASP community, and now um, a few women and I founded a group called WOSEC, Women of Security. And I just wanted to make more female friends that work in security. And I, we held the first meeting, me and my friend Donna, and we never thought in a million years that anyone other than Nancy and Katie would show up, the only <laughs> two women we knew in the city. And then 22 women showed up. Nice. And we were so loud, the next month they put us in our own room because we're all giggling and having so much fun. And then we started more chapters, and now I believe we have over 30 chapters around the world. We have a few in Africa. We're opening some in the Middle East. We have a whole bunch in Europe and then, like, all across North America. And it turns out 
other women want to make friends. Who would have thought? <laughs> Craziness. <laughs> I know. And some of them have started businesses together. Like all these nice. beautiful things are coming out of it. And it turns out, yeah, community is a real thing. And it's actually ridiculously powerful and enjoyable. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I feel really, really happy to have switched to information security. I had no idea that things like that existed in my city. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited um, as, uh, as you guys kind of keep evolving the security sidekick. I, I can't wait to see where that goes. I um, hope it does really awesome things. Thank uh, you. Really, really appreciate you coming on, taking your time away from uh, painting the closet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost uh, done. <laughs> no pri priorities. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so no, I, I definitely appreciate you jumping on. You, you gave a ton of uh, good information. I really hope that uh, some of the young women out there that are thinking of joining into this industry, uh, hopefully this has inspired them to, to do so. Um, and yeah, I mean, as, uh, as you guys keep evolving that project, or if you ever want to come back on the podcast, I, I would love to have you back on. So I definitely appreciate oh. you taking the time, Tanya. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. This has been super fun.